Do you love Christmas Eve? Oh man, I'm, I am a big Christmas Eve fan. Uh, as I think about the Christmas story, I love all the characters. As I watch that video, I just smile at everybody. But my favorite of all of them is probably the wise men. And I think about those guys because there's so much mystery. We don't know where they came from. We don't know how many there were. We don't know how long the journey took for them to go from point A to point B, right? And there are all kinds of traditions about them. Now, it's interesting that they might have met on the road. They might have come from different places. And so India claims one. And they say that one might have been Arabian and one might have been Persian. And then China even has to get in and say, well, we also had a wise man. And so they have given them different names. Malthus, Bacchus, and, uh, and the other one is Balthazar and Caspar. So if we have all four of them. Fascinating. But we don't know a lot about these guys. But what we do know is that they followed the star. And they went on a journey. And they went on a journey in the dark to find the light. Now, they might have been Zoroastrians who were monotheists, who also had a prophecy about a star and about a king coming. They might have come as descendants of Babylon. Remember, Daniel, the prophet, was there, and he foretold that the Messiah would come. And maybe they were following his prophecies. But in Israel, it was a dark time, a really nasty, yucky time for the nation of Israel. They didn't even believe in prophecy at this point. It had been 400 years since God had spoken through a prophet to their people. And right into that dark time, God sent a light. The wise men were drawn by the Spirit of God to follow the star. And Matthew 2 says that they followed all the way to Jerusalem, and then they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, it says he and all Jerusalem was disturbed. Something you should know about Herod, Herod was nasty. Herod had a temper. He killed at least one of his wives and at least three of his kids. And the rumor is that one of them perished in or near Bethlehem when he brought the genocide on that place. Now, when... Herod had called everybody together and he said, where's the baby supposed to be born? All of his leaders went to their scriptures and they said, well, clearly he's to be born in Bethlehem. So the wise men left Herod. Herod said, let me know if you find him. I want to go worship him. And we all know Herod was lying. And so the wise men went and verse 11, it says that the star led them to a particular house. And when they got to that particular house, it says, entering the house, they saw the child with, mother, with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. This is the whole key to the Christmas story. They worshipped him. Why do we get so funny about worship in church and we say, well, you should raise your hands, you shouldn't raise your hands, you should pray this way, you, should, you can't sing out too they didn't care, and these guys were wealthy and wise and educated, and they bowed right down in their flowing robes. They got off their high horses or maybe camels, and they worshipped the king. That is the point of the whole Christmas story. I remember a couple uh, weeks ago, I was putting some lights out on the tree in our front yard, and I was stra strapping on the Christmas lights and making it look really nice, and I had music playing. 
And I started singing along and I started worshiping God in my front yard, not caring about anybody that would look at me. And I looked a little ridiculous, you know, putting the lights out and I'm, you know, oh, holy night, and I'm getting all into it. But there's something about worshiping God and not caring who thinks about it and who tomorrow you guys are going to have a chance to sing some carols and appreciate tonight and tomorrow what God has done. And I want to welcome you into this idea of worshiping him and being free. Now picture them going into the little house in Bethlehem. They're crowded together in the candlelight, right? Because they didn't have spotlights. They didn't have, you know, all the lighting that we had. So just picture them in the candlelight gathered around worshiping baby Jesus. And it would have been probably a year after the, the manger scene. He was in a little house, it says. And they gathered around and they worshiped him. After wandering through the darkness, after wandering through the desert, and isn't that just like life? They met the light of the world and they bowed down and they worshipped him. The light had come into their lives. Isaiah 9 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This is 700 years before Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then in verse 11, it says that they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These guys knew who he was. Some people in our culture do not understand who Jesus is. They knew that he came to be the king and so they gave him gold. And it's interesting that during that night, Joseph had a dream that they were to escape And they left that very night using that gold for their trip. They were able to go to Egypt. And they must have been blown away by God's provision. And they gave frankincense, which is incense, like in that they would use in the temple. Seeing that Jesus was the priest, he was the way to know God. And lastly, they gave myrrh, which is a crazy thing to give to a child, unless that child came for another purpose. And Jesus, as we know, came to give his life for each of us. And it's not a strange gift for Jesus because he came to be the light of the world. John 1 says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And to all who receive him, he gave the right to become sons and daughters of God. Wow. How many of you are a little bit afraid of the dark? And I see the kids out there, the adults out there. Some of you have been through some dark stuff in your life this last year and it has left you afraid. And Jesus wants to be the light that brings brightness, that brings everything. Sometimes you're afraid of a sound in the dark, and then you find out it's nothing. Sometimes you're afraid of something that when Jesus shines on it, it just will go away. Sometimes you can literally feel the darkness closing in around you, but the only way to dispel the darkness is to bring the light in. Jesus wants to bring his light into each of us. He wants to change the center of our souls so his light goes splintering out into the world and to everybody around us. Now there's even more to this story. What did Herod do when he got the news of Jesus? He literally ordered execution squads to go to Bethlehem to take care of any threat to his throne and any threat to his way of life. Not only did he not believe, but he was adamantly against it. He hated this idea of Jesus. What did the religious leaders do? Did you think about that in the story? 
They knew the prophecies. They knew Bethlehem's the place. They knew the Messiah's coming. They didn't even make the six-mile journey to check it out for themselves. Either they were too busy, or they were too lazy, or I think most likely they were pretty comfortable in how things were going. And hey, if the Messiah comes, that's going to kind of screw up our gig. I've got a good paycheck. I've got a good job. Why do I need to mess that all up with Jesus? But notice what the wise men do. They worship. They fall down. They bow down. Do you know why they did that? Because they were wise. Wise men, wise women still seek Him. They still seek the King of kings. Guess what? Tonight, you are in this story. God is welcoming you into the story. And the question that He wants to ask each of us in this room tonight is this. Are you going to be more like Herod and say, I don't need any part of that Jesus. He's going to take me off the throne of my life. I'll do anything I can to run away from that. Or will you be like the religious leaders who are saying, eh, I got a good gig. I don't know if I want Jesus to kind of topple things. I don't know if this Jesus thing is just a legend or you know, if it's real. And I don't want to make that journey to join Him. But I hope and I pray, as I've been praying the last few weeks, that all of us that are here gathered in this place tonight, that we would see Jesus for who He is, that He is the light who came into the world to save us from darkness and death and sin, and that we would bow down like those wise men, that we would bow our hearts, that we would bow our lives, that we would give Him our everything. Do you need to make up for a long time of no worship? Maybe you've been in a dry spell. Maybe it's been dark around you and you just feel like you've not been able to open up to the Lord. He wants to welcome you tonight into this nativity scene, into the carols, into our prayers tonight. He wants you to worship Him with abandon. Maybe you haven't bowed down to the Lord in a long time and He wants to say, now is it. Bow your heart, bow your knees, do whatever it takes. Come before Him and thank Him for being the light of the world. Now, we're going to do a Conejo church tradition tonight, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to light some candles. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to start at the back of the room. And we've started tonight a little bit dark in here, and then over the, over the evening as it builds, you'll notice the light will build, the energy will build, and this is kind of like the light coming into the world in Bethlehem in, a, in the form of a tiny child, And then Jesus grew into a man and his impact has impacted all of us. And so as the light goes, we're going to start it at the back of the room and then it's going to come forward. And just ask that the Lord would show you what the the light of life means and have him show you the impact of what your life can be as you pass light to others. I believe this is going to be a powerful picture for all of us. And I want to ask if Sophia and Bella would come up here with me for just a minute. Come on up, Sophia, real quick. And I want you to go ahead and light that candle. Okay, wait for Sophia. We have Sophia. Bring your candle right here. And light that right there. Okay, now go and walk to the very back. And I want you to light the candle of the person on the right and the left. 
Go all the way to the back. Keep going all the way to the back, Sophia. If you don't have a candle, raise your hand and they'll bring one right over to you. Okay, go ahead and light right here. There we go. And then as we light, we're going to pass the light and it's going to continue on up towards the front. Lord Jesus, as we worship you tonight, we ask that you would open up heaven, that we would see what it's like that the angels were worshiping you and you opened up that door that the shepherds got to see. We ask, Lord, that we'd be able to see the light of this star, that you'd bring warmth into our lives and light into our lives. And tonight we want to give back to you and bow down in worship and say, thank you, thank you, we love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you.